0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. My name is Kevin Foss. I'm your host here, and uh, I'm a licensed clinician specializing in anxiety disorders and OCD. I want to thank you all for joining me today for this uh, wonderful, fun episode. So, um, uh, for everybody who's new, this is a question-and-answer-based podcast where you, the listener, get to send me, the therapist, questions about, I don't know, OCD and anxiety stuff and I will listen to it, consider it, and likely put it up on a future episode. So if you'd like to do that, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can put up a, uh, and you can go to the submit a question link, email me a question, I will uh, read it and again, likely put it up. So by the way, uh, I would love it if you all would send in those of you who are interested would send in a uh, send in your question via audio format. And you can do that through just recording yourself through whatever means you can usually through your phone, you can do it through uh, zoom, you can do it through uh, 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 Skype, uh, a- any sort of means you can record yourself and you can email it to questions at fearcastpodcast.com. And what may be even better is you can take it and you can upload it to your uh, to a Google Drive or a shared drive or something like that. uh, Send me the link to that and uh, I'll be able to access it that way. And uh, that will be a super easy and clean way for uh, your question to get in. If you get that question in, I will likely push it to the top of the list. uh, And um, likely, well, I'm saying likely because I did get one yesterday and yet I'm recording one right now that is going to go out first. I apologize to the person who sent it in. I believe your name is Chloe. It's coming. I swear it's coming. Anyways, everybody, thank you so much. So all right. So this question is one that uh, I've had for a little while, and I've tried to coordinate with um, uh, my featured guest for today, who's going to help me answer the question. So the question is coming from Joe, and uh, I, I enlisted Aaron Ramachandran to join me again for, uh, uh, for this. So Joe's going to ask a question that I'll read uh, shortly. You'll hear me when I, I introduce uh, Aaron. He asked a question about OCD in marriages. So I thought Aaron Ramachandran is going to be the perfect person to have on. So if you're familiar with that name, um, I've had Aaron on in the past. In fact, I, I had her on an, an episode from May of 2021. So you can go find that either over at fearcastpodcast.com or at iTunes or wherever else you get your, uh, your podcasts. Um, so, uh, so just a little bit about Aaron. So uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron and her husband Keith Ramachandran started a program called Mental Health Strong. Uh, they are a mental health advocacy group that, that focuses on OCD and, and anxiety disorders within marriages. So they they have uh, resources and conferences and books and uh, and all sorts of information that's that's custom built just for uh, bringing couples together in facing um, it, who are struggling with and who are uh, uh, facing uh, uh, mental health issues, specifically OCD within marriages. And their goal is to try to strengthen the marriage as uh, as, as strong as possible uh, in order to fight against, uh, try to fight against the mental health issue and to create successful marriages. So um, I'll post some links on where you can find them, but she's over at uh, mentalhealthstrong.com and you can check them out uh, and uh, learn a little bit more about them and what they do. And I think what they are doing is fantastic. So if, uh, if you want to learn more about what they do, check out the episode from uh, May of 2011, and we, or excuse me, May 11th of 2021, and I go into much greater detail with Erin, but uh, she was kind enough to uh, uh, jump on to this episode with me. So, without further ado, here is Joe's question featuring Erin Ramachandran. <laughs> All right, Aaron, thanks so much for joining me for today to answer this question. So you are the perfect person to answer this question. So I'll just read through it and then I'd love to just chat with you about the information in it and to see what uh, uh, we can do to perhaps help this um, this listener.
1: Sounds great.
0: All right, looking so, forward to. It. Great. So this question comes from Joe. Joe says, "Hi, Kevin. I wanted to ask a question about scrupulosity and marriage. I won't. Or I worry frequently. I've, see, I've already messed it up. I Told you I would. I worry frequently." That my OCD will significantly affect my marriage, which is coming up soon. Although my OCD is mainly scrupulosity, however, as you know too, that OCD also affects other areas of life, like trust. I know my fiancé is trustworthy and of good moral character through the years uh, through the years of observation and testimony. Yet I find myself doubting her, not always, but sometimes even in the most mundane issues. Sometimes I get mood swings, it, it, mood swings in that I feel like my anxiety. Is here to stay for my whole life, and I do not want my future spouse to suffer in any way because of me. I never hid my uh, never hid my condition from her uh, that I have OCD. She tries her best to understand it. However, uh, majority of the times uh, when I get depressed because of overthinking that this condition is going to ruin my life and hers as well, she gets scared and doesn't know how to cheer me up. I would love if you could make an episode uh, regarding this issue, OCD and marriage, like how marriage or how to manage my symptoms and to not make my partner suffer even in the slightest. Now, of course, they added this added caveat at the very bottom, and we'll see if we can address this too. Joe says, I only communicate with my fiance through texting or calls because meeting in person is not possible before marriage. So, that is certainly a complication, but... But I'd love to hear what your thoughts were on on what this person can do to anticipate the impact that scrupulosity and even just OCD in general has within marriage, and perhaps what Joe can, can do to help ward off some of the complications, we'll say.
1: Absolutely. Well, what a great question that Joe raised. And the first thing I want to say to Joe and someone else who can relate to the scenario he's in is that... I can tell he really cares for his fiance mm-hmm. and has the best intentions caring for how is my health going to impact the relationship and what does that look like? And even asking these questions ahead of time is really amazing. So Joe, great job and in, in being caring and thinking about another person. I think that's really um, honorable. My husband uh, has obsessive compulsive disorder as well. And prior to marriage, he had the desire that I would never cry in marriage or ever hurt me as well. Um, And so the thing I want to say to that is I think that just shows the care that people have for the person that they're with. And the reality is, is it's not realistic or likely (laughs) because we are all humans right? and we are going, whether there's a disorder in the relationship or not, we are going to impact our partner no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, We are human and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn and grow and we're going to have where we hurt the other person intentionally or unintentionally just because of our own emotional wounds. So that's relationships in general Mm -hmm. i think if we go specifically to what it's like with ocd and a relationship and marriage the reality is is that the condition is going to affect the relationship and for both parties to be aware of that and to to move towards it's one person's problem or another person's problem to together saying how do we work against this challenge that's in our relationship kind of like if there were financial troubles or there were other health issues in the relationship, you would be working it together. That's the beauty of the relationship. So that would be some of the first things that I would say Um, for Joe, you know, he obviously has been diagnosed. So that's the first thing. Uh, And I would say having, working with, uh, his cl- clinical team that he's working with and, and identifying what are the things that are in place uh, to help move kind of identify if there's any barriers or triggers or what would it look like if OCD did get into the relationship and was causing harm to it? What would that look like? And to be able to define that not only from Joe's perspective, but his fiance's perspective, Mm -hmm. and then working with the clinical team, the therapist to be able to, to say, is that reasonable? Is it not? Uh, The other thing that I was talking with Kevin about before we started to record is With OCD, sometimes it transfers. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is in our relationship, now looking back, we realized my husband as a child had OCD related to his schoolwork um, and the compulsions. Then as... Um, when we were in the dating cycle and he didn't realize, he didn't know he hadn't been diagnosed with OCD, but now looking back, we're like, oh, he kind of had obsessions about dating and with me. Um, and then when we got married, where we, he got diagnosed, the compulsions were related to, um, keeping things in order. And what happens is, uh, OCD compulsions come out or get triggered when they're stress, and that stress can be positive stress or negative stress. That could be coming back from the honeymoon. That could be anything that happens, a new job, uh, a move. Again, positive stress or negative stress um, can impact the compulsion. So uh, they are gonna impact the relationship. And so really working to identify how could that, those impacts in, and then what do you do when those things happen? And working that together as a team would be main the main advice that I would give. <coughs>
0: I I, I love that tip of just being open and honest with your partner about what symptoms are there, what's going on, what are the triggers, and Kind of as we've talked about before, working as a team in that—that that it's a it's a unified front against OCD. That it's not yes. it's not you know your partner against you against you right. Joe or a partner against OCD. It's that both of you are fighting against this third person in the relationship or this third monster in the relationship. Um, that. You know, it's not that you are, it it can seem like, and I'm sure that a lot of people feel like, well, it's, you know, my partner hates me, or is frustrated with me, is angry. They're not angry at you. It's that they're as angry at the OCD as you are. But how do you communicate that to one another that you are on this unified front? I I was also reading through this again. I just saw kind of two two main two two big concerns one was kind of seeing that uh you know they they trust their partner but then they have all these doubts about them and their character they said you know though though they obviously know them to be this good person they have these doubts even in the smallest of issues i mean that's that's ocd in a nutshell
1: right isn't that
0: it's like i i it's, it's, you know, it's the old OCG, OCD joke. It's, you know, what's the difference between OCD and someone who's crazy? It's the person with OCD knows they're crazy. They have, you are aware, Joe, that, that she's this good person, upright person, whatever it may be. But there are these doubts. Now, first off, it's helpful to recognize that nobody's perfect, including yourself. She's not perfect. She's a good moral character, not the best moral right. character. So OCD is going to take those little nuggets of imperfection and blow those way out of proportion so it's going to be helpful to try to wrangle that if that's something to work on with your therapist and to help and for you to be able to manage that um but then uh, some of this other th- the the other element i think that we've uh erin you and i've been uh, kind of addressing this is, is, is or is, is that part of the thought of this is going to be here forever that ocd is going to completely destroy the marriage and that the thought about that feels so depressing yeah, I talk to a ton of people who individually have this thought. I have OCD, so it's going to ruin my life, and I'm never going to be happy. But now, Joe, you're entering into a marriage where you're worried. Yeah, it's now going to attack this this marriage. Aaron, if you're comfortable, would you be able to share kind of how how OCD has impacted has impacted the marriage and kind of if if you've gone through those dips of worry, how this is going to Affect it forever, and okay. kind of what what you've done about that to either combat that or to f- or to find a sense of peace within within the chaos that OCD can bring in.
1: Yeah, great question. So, OCD has impacted our marriage, and I think it's true that any again challenge if the marriage has financial troubles or another illness, um, it would impact. Uh, For us it impacted because we didn't know that we had it and then we were both kind of learning about it together. And there was a lot of rejection felt in the relationship from both sides. I felt alone in my husband being stuck in compulsions and not being able to be connected with me or be able to go to events with me or do things with me as I had expected when first getting married. And my husband felt alone because he didn't know what the disorder was and was struggling and ruminating and giving into all these compulsions to the fact that at one point it was 12 to 16 hours a day and feeling alone and how to actually fight the disorder. So for us, it impacted us, I would think, a lot longer than maybe with other couples who know about it ahead of time. And there's also a lot more resources now, um, like your podcast, Kevin, like the IOCDF. Um, there's a lot of more books. Um, there's just more resources than what there was 15, 20 years ago. And so for someone who has, the dis- uh, d- has been diagnosed with OCD, it's not a death sentence, but it is a challenge and you'll be able to work through it and to find a partner that wants to work through it. And again, you are not your disorder and we're not marrying the disorder. We're marrying you as a person. And with that comes the good, the bad and the ugly Um, Just like I have the good, bad, and the ugly. I struggle with anger. I struggle with codependency. I struggle with my weight. There are things that Keith has to work through with me on my struggles. Cause like Kevin said, we're not perfect. And I think the other part in the marriage is to give both of you grace as you're learning how to live together. Right. Cause in your, your message, you talked about that. You haven't seen each other. You're going to have marriage struggles just by living together, moving in together, adjusting schedules, adjusting finances, mm-hmm. adjusting intimacy, um, adjusting how you eat together. Um, when you see family and friends, like there's so much adjustment and then imagine that stress, again, good or bad on top of OCD, it's just gonna be a lot of things to work through. So I think having your expectations to give yourselves both grace as you're both learning, you're gonna need grace on how to communicate when you're struggling and also that sometimes you're gonna struggle and you're gonna make poor choices and your spouse is also gonna have trouble with, how to respond to you. And sometimes it's gonna be very emotional, angry, uh, maybe frustrated, feel abandoned. And all of that might come out in ways that are not appropriate. Um, and so learning how to work through that, where both of you can be trying to make more healthy choices and having that support team around you to hold you accountable when you're, you're out of line. Um, and to, to try to work together again, looking at this as the marathon, and not looking at those first few years where the extremes are so high and so low, and to just say, we love each other, we're gonna work through this, we're gonna need a lot of help and we can make it. I will say, if you uh, deny that it's impacting the marriage, you may not make it. Mm. Um, OCD is a chronic, one of the most debilitating disorders. We know about that from the World Health Organization. Again, not a death sentence, but you have an 80% likelihood of getting divorced. So with that, we need to be aware of that statistic. We are not defined by this statistic, and there's beautiful marriages out there There are parts of OCD. My car is always filled with gas. I love. The toilet paper is always in the house. Um, The house is always organized. You can come over anytime. Uh, So there's beautiful things about OCD that I um, don't have to deal with that other people do. Um, So the idea is to look at both those positive and negative. You're looking at the long term and working it as a team.
0: And that's the what you said there at the very end was is kind of what I call the double edged sword of OCD, and it's and it's not to, you know, it's not to play into a stereotype, but sometimes stereotypes are there for a reason. And they there, you know, again, I've I've said this. I sometimes will, would trust, you know, I'll I'll trust my harm OCD clients to hold a loaded gun in my office, which I don't have loaded guns in my office. I ought to say, but I would trust them to hold a loaded gun than some of my friends so that there there is there there can be positive aspects of it mm-hmm. but also Definitely. but but also in that you know uh, joey said like she doesn't know what to say to cheer to cheer you up i mean there's nothing to say. There's a mourning process of of the acknowledgement that it's going to be this third partner in the relationship, but it's also not the end of the world, and that you're not completely screwed. The one thing I would say is while you can't while she can't cheer you up, she may be able to help guide you towards a more rational way to think about it. Because dwelling in oh the relationship is ruined and we're going to be screwed and we're never going to be happy and it's going to you know we're just going to live this life of sadness forever. That's not helpful either. But shifting to, we're going to make this together. This sucks. Hey, how do we pull us out of the rumination on the negativity and shift over to not necessarily positivity, but even just neutrality. Let's go do a puzzle together. Let's channel our togetherness into doing this, watching TV, going for a walk, learning to juggle, whatever it is, and and combining your resources together in that aspect of things. Um, and it just solidifies the togetherness component of it. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and in in terms of in terms of uh, texting or calls, um, you know, they're they're. they're Texting or calls can absolutely be a decent way to have these conversations because it gives you some time to communicate in between the texting, especially when emotions run high. Sometimes texting is even the best thing to do so that you don't let your emotions get the best of you and you say or do something that you would later regret. So um, I feel like I was going to add something else to this and I'm just forgetting it. But naturally, that's what's going to happen. (laughs) is there, is there anything else that you would want to add to this? Maybe I, I, anything else you'd want to add for, for Joe or even, or even his fiance to consider?
1: Just that there's resources out there to get help now, uh, that there wasn't as much before. And so I would just encourage you to, you know, look for other couples who have OCD or another mental health condition in the relationship so that you can, um, you know, not feel alone in it and to have other people ahead of you that can be able to encourage you with that. So I would definitely recommend uh, just seek help, get resources, uh, get support around you and um, to let you know that if both people are willing to make it work and do the work, uh, you can have a beautiful relationship. Keith and I love each other. We're so glad we're married. We're so glad we didn't give up. There were many times we wanted to. But it was the support team around us, both professionally, Kevin, uh, you know, uh, being a part of that support team and others uh, that have helped us be able to, to make it. So we're very thankful um, for our friends and family and clinical teams that have been a part of that.
0: Awesome. Well, Aaron, where, where can uh, Joe or other listeners in a similar position find more information about you and what you and Keith do?
1: Uh, So we are a part of, uh, we start a nonprofit called Mental Health Strong. So it's www.mentalhealthstrong.com. There's a book, there's conferences, uh, there's a support group uh, and other organizations that we partner with to bring hope resources and support to marriages and couples with mental health or addiction challenges. So we exist for that couple's relationship because they're um, we couldn't really find a lot of resources out there. I will say in the last you know, few years, as we've put ourselves out there, we're finding more, which is great. And we're all working together. We're not in competition. We are working together in this field to help bring the resources, just like we need a lot of parenting books and resources. We need a lot of marriage and couples resources to help relationships so you know joe your story or other listeners who are listening to your story may help other people and i encourage you to share your story and your wins and your successes because we all need help in navigating this and you know we we all relapse too right that's a part of the journey so uh, just continue to to speak your voice ask for help and we're in this together
0: awesome Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I'll I'll post some some links on the episode page to, to your information. But again, thank you so much.
1: Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye.
0: All right, everybody, thank you so much for making it through this episode with Erin uh, with Ramachandran. So again, thank you so much to her. Uh, you can find more about her at mentalhealthstrong.com. And uh, if you have questions about uh, what they do and whether or not uh, they, they can be of some help to you, uh, check them out at mentalhealthstrong.com, and uh, you can feel free to email them over there. So everybody, if you if you have feedback for uh, Aaron and or myself, and uh, or would like to offer some uh, some emails or excuse me not some emails, offer some advice to Joe, um, send me an email over at fearcastpodcast.com. Go to the submit a question link and just uh, uh, include that in uh, in the uh, in that email, and I'll share that on a future episode. Again, if you would like your question to be answered here on the podcast, you can either go over to fearcastpodcast.com and submit a question there. Or again, you can email your audio question to questions at fearcastpodcast.com. Or again, just uh, attach a a shared Google Doc link uh, over at, um, uh, or through the website at fearcastpodcast and I'll be able to get it and put that up on a future episode. So everybody, um, please remember that the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you need more help in your treatment, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and there are going to be some links uh, there that may help you and point you in the right direction. So everybody, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.